Right, Matthew chapter 28. Therefore, verse 19, well, let's just take verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There's an interesting underlining of the true gospel there, by the way, you know. Really defeats the idea, come to Jesus, get a ticket to heaven, and live happily ever after. It's about a life lived under his command. And there's a nice little bit tacked on the end. Um, Actually, it's a nice big bit. And surely, I'm with you. Always at the very end of the age. You know what I think of when I read that? Uh, my mind goes back to when I was a little kid, and um, I'd run ahead of my uh, parents, and there were a couple of uh, sort of what I'm going to call big bully boys that I'd kind of run into, and they'd started doing what bully boys do without realising that my my dad was with me. And very soon they did realise. He might not have been that big, but as an ex-boxer and coming from a family of fighters, he wasn't to be uh, in any way (laughs) intimidated by a couple of lads that needed to be taught a lesson. I like the idea. He's with us always, you know, backing up, uh, helping us through. Uh, guiding us. All right, so let's have a little look at this, just a short time this morning. Then we're going to take some time uh, to hear. uh, There's a uh, mass of things that God's doing amongst us. We want to pick up on some of those this morning. So, do you ever stop to say, I mean, we often say what we want, but do you ever stop to say, Lord, what do you want? What do you want of me? Well, it's here, pretty plainly, in black and white. What does he want of us? Because this word, remember what he speaks here, uh, is our instruction for today. Uh, That's the system that he designed. That's the system, therefore, that we have to follow. So, everything that he's put in his word is for our present day uh, direction and instruction. So, all authority given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Make disciples. Now, uh, a couple of times in the last, I don't know, a few months or a year or so, uh, some of us got together um, around uh, trying to see what God's uh, wanting for us, what God's got for us uh, moving ahead. And... I don't know whether quite how much we, we kind of got out of that, but one thing on each occasion, and it keeps coming up, it's very, very clear. It, it, it almost as though forget everything else. Uh, but here's the important thing. And guess what it is? Discipling. 
or sometimes we call it mentoring or training, but basically the biblical word is discipling. We believe in that. Uh, we practice that. Uh, in well, hmm. We certainly have the theory of it, and I think to some degree the practice, uh, but that's what we want to see changing in these days. So as we are moving into this, this broad place that God has prepared for us, I want to raise again, and we won't do it all today, but I want to raise again the vital necessity, the importance of what God wants in terms of discipling. Now, discipling is about um, we, us being discipled and us discipling others. And it's a twofold thing, which according to my understanding, uh, as we go through the scriptures, we should uh, all be involved in. So the kind of question is, uh, you know, if you're going to kind of actively engage in this, who's discipling you? Who are you looking to for discipling input? Now, a good s- secondary question is, so how would I know? Uh, what does it look like? How would I see it's happening? Okay, hang on, we're going to come to that, all right? So... Think the question, who is discipling me? And think the question, who am I discipling? If this instruction is here, which it clearly is, and if God is, is repeating to us uh, over a period of time and emphasizing to us, it clearly is his way of actually uh, taking us on, taking us forward. Now, just to help, or maybe to confuse a little bit, I hope to help, (laughs) Uh, we can look at different spans or different phases of discipling. This one here is clearly about uh, reaching people with the good news uh, that Jesus wasn't just crucified, but was raised from the dead, and God has made him Lord of all. That's the kind of initiating, that's the beginning. That's something which everybody can and should be involved in, reaching others with this brilliant news. I mean, it's a bit miserable if you have good news that is of benefit to others and you just keep it to yourself. No, no, that's not what we're about. Uh, That's the first part. Then it moves on to the kind of examples of discipling that we see uh, in... Um, in the Bible. Often we think about uh, Paul uh, discipling Timothy. Uh, lots, of, lots of examples, but the one I'm just referring to in Mark chapter 3, uh, verse 14, is the example that Jesus gave, and he took, uh, chose these disciples, and it's important to remember Uh, Yes, they were going to go out and they were going to actually be used to change the world. But his first purpose in choosing them was that they should actually be with him. That there should be something imparted from him to them. That there was a closeness, a relationship, a coming alongside in a kind of uh, apprenticeship model, a training model, but with a personal engagement. So there's a reaching in 
to, to bring the good news, and then there's a developing and uh, training ongoing. In each case, there's a, a kind of level of personal involvement. I'm going to just refer back, those of you that were there on Tuesday night when we came together to pray, a little story that Rachel told us. Uh, and she'd been um, prompted by God to be praying, in fact, praying and fasting for uh, a lady that had come into, uh, into the hub who really needed uh, God in a very very real way but was kind of resistant because she was you know, caught up in religion uh, which uh, sadly stops a lot of people coming to know God mustn't ever get confused with the think that religion is anything uh, to do with relationship with God there's a whole load of religions all of which are a complete waste of time because they, religion doesn't bring you to God. We're talking about a relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ. Something uh, way beyond all the things that we could do because this is what he did when he died on the cross and was raised again. So this is it's completely upside down. So she was praying and... Uh, they visited this woman uh, to pray. As, as they were doing it, they realized or came to understand that she needed some things for the kids. Uh, I think it was to do with school and, you know, bits that you have to get and send in when they're doing things in school. Of course, of her physical condition, she couldn't get it. So what does Rachel do? She goes and gets them. Now, what struck me... Well, this is not just somebody carrying a kind of, this is what you need to do, but somebody who was engaging, getting involved, showing some measure of care, concern, interest, compassion. And I thought, hmm, there's an example of how we can be, as our hearts are touched by God, so that we're not trying to recruit people to our cause, but we love people and care for them, and in the context of that, share this brilliant good news and life-changing power of Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. Those of you uh, that are followers of Jesus, how did it happen for you? Did you walk along the street one day and you saw the thing, what you call it, the sign outside, and you think, hmm, I think I'll go into that meeting of those strange people in the school hall uh, singing songs. If I went round the room, I might find one person, unlikely. Did you actually come and start to be a follower of Jesus because you saw some advert? Yes, possible, internet. I want to give you, a, let's take a little survey. Uh, the third option is somebody talk to you. Maybe a friend, maybe a relative. They say, 
began to talk to you. There was a kind of personal contact. All right, how many on number one? How many on number two? How many on number three? I made my point. You see, it seems that, that God's order is the one that works. The discipling, the drawing alongside, the showing interest, the caring enough to reach out. So let's have a little look at what, a bit more what we're talking about and how it works out. Uh, first of all, and I've already referred to this, it's about a heart position, a heart issue. Uh, that there has to be something of the love of God working in us so that we move beyond and we're delivered from being focused on ourselves uh, and we begin to have a heart of interest or concern for others as well. The Bible talks about compassion, talks about Jesus. Time and again, it says Jesus first being moved with compassion. In other words, something happens on the inside and we need and require and want for that to be the case. And then, we've been talking about this recently, we're talking about uh, the Spirit of God leading us, prompting us, uh, giving us that opportunity, granting us that opening. And I've been hearing things since we started talking, talking about this and raising that again, uh, of various examples of that, of that happening. Exciting to be led by the Spirit of God. And, of course, that is consistent with the desire to obey God. Does it always mean uh, talking to somebody? Well, it, yeah, can, but not always. See, I believe that my mother and my grandfather were involved in discipling me, bringing an influence upon me into the kingdom. Remember I told you recently, uh, the, the position that I built up was very anti uh, and I wasn't a nice, approachable, warm, friendly, gentle, nice-looking person that I am now always. <laughs> I used to be, uh, at that time, exceedingly bolshy and aggressive. I mean, look how I've mellowed. <laughs> it's a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> Talking to me wasn't going to get anywhere. But they prayed. They prayed. They prayed in the night where they didn't know where I was or what I was up to. They prayed. And God heard their prayer. I think that was part of the compassion of God working, beginning to do something to draw uh, me from where I was. See, they obviously had a vision, a vision for me to see something different to where I was and what I was up to at that time. Of course, in terms of heart attitude, actions speak louder than words. Uh, and uh, to, show, to say that we care but not, not demonstrate that by example, um, then... There has to be that living example, the one that I was just talking about pertaining to what Rachel was doing. 
We want to show what Jesus is like. But you know, not a bad thing to do this. Risky, but not, not bad. Ask God to help you feel something of what he feels for somebody else. Yeah? Ask God to help you to feel something of what he feels for somebody else. Maybe somebody that you have focused on. Somebody that comes to mind. That's, a, that's a, an exciting, dangerous thing to do. It's a kind of prayer that you find that God answers. Huh? Do it in small measure. Don't go and do what I did. I prayed, Lord, show me how you see these people. And for a split second, there in the city of London, on the corner of Moorgate and London Wall, for a split second, I saw people, people just normal, walking across by the traffic lights. I saw them as he saw them. Completely changed my life, wrecked my call, couldn't talk about it uh, for yonks afterwards without weeping because I just got a little inkling, a little split second of seeing things how God sees them. All right. So that's about our heart position, our heart attitude. What about the practical way? We're talking about discipling, practical involvement. Well, we're talking about teacher, helper. Not, not just teacher that might instruct, this is what to do, or lecture, here's the way, but also shows. I mentioned earlier on, it's more like the apprenticeship model where there's, there's a coming alongside, there's a personal engagement, not just a, a, a giving of instruction or direction. A kind of befriending, uh, which can lead to a, a nudging, a confronting, mm -hmm, an encouragement, whatever is necessary that comes out. I mean, <coughs> many of you are parents. You know that as a parent, there's a mixture of things. Sometimes it's to admonish or confront. Sometimes it's to encourage. But always it's from a position of engagement and alongside. Being interested in. You know, we live in a world which is uh, seeming increasing in pressure and uh, frenetic energy and, and uh, rushing around. And I was uh, reading something the other day um, how, how much busier we are. Now we have all the um, appliances and things which actually take up much of the time that we used to have to spend in the normal course of life. You know, washing, cleaning, all, the, all those kind of things. Uh, all the household things. And it calculated the number, you know, the, these are all disputable, but broadly calculated uh, the number of hours 
that the average person saves because of modern conveniences and that sort of thing. And then went on to point out how much busier we are. You know, uh, how, ma- how much more rushed everything is. Uh, so in that kind of environment, somebody that actually takes an interest, stops long enough to take an interest, uh, breaks through the kind of uh, high or the old-fashioned how do you do, you know? You heard about somebody that asked that. So how, do, how are you doing? How do you do? And the person turned around and said, would you like to just sit down for half an hour and I'll tell you? And they ran for their lives. <laughs> we don't have time for that. That's just a thing that you say. You know? Taking an interest in. And finding out of that, in the goodness of God, uh, practical ways to show that this person actually matters. I was discipled for quite a time by Dawn's father. And uh, I would say that all the things that I've been talking about, uh, he, he engaged in. He was definitely interested. He definitely cared. He definitely confronted. <laughs> Not that it was necessary, of course. Um, But you ended up with a feeling that here's somebody that you actually wanted to be from, be with, you were drawing from, and there was a sense of alongside. Never dreaming that we would reach a point uh, some time afterwards where the roles were reversed. Oh, very strange. I have, because I believe in it, and we tend to think it's important to do what we believe, I've followed this issue of discipling. And I have to say that some of the biggest disappointments I've had in life have been through discipling. Does Does that negate the fact that this is what God says? Does it say it's a waste of time? I remember, you know, I was discipling somebody, poured, really poured into them, very closely involved. They stopped following God. They turned away from him. They got into a, uh, some unrighteous affair. Um, had some big confrontations. And wandered off in a total mess. But that wasn't the final chapter. God's hand was upon them. Now, I guess at a certain point, I could have said, you know what? What a waste of time. This doesn't work. Not a good thing to do, determining what God tells you to do. uh, We decide whether it works or not. You know, God has a different valuation system anyway. But God, in his faithfulness, drew this young man back to himself. And today he leads the church. You think, hmm, I'm glad I didn't uh, turn and say this thing doesn't work. It's about doing what God gives us to do. 
And of course, if we're going to be real, we have to be honest with people. You know, we have to be honest about some of the, the, the struggles, the difficulties, the things that we're, we're working at. That, that's how we, you know, it's very, very difficult to uh, relate to somebody who's just got it all together. They're just perfect. They just know the answer to everything. Uh, because I don't know if you're like me, but I would think that person's not going to understand me. I'm not in that situation. They can't relate to me uh, because they just know all the answer, got it all together. That's like, that's like trying to, to relate to a, to a billiard ball. You know, you just bounce off of it. You, you don't connect to it at all. So we have to be real. Because the truth is, we all face uh, the issues of life and the problems and so on and so forth. And it's often out of those things that we experience, know and find God and understand his power and his purpose. So it's intentional. You know, if I'm discipling someone... They need to know that I'm discipling them uh, and they need to be recognising that that is where they're particularly engaging in. Now, as we start off reaching out to someone, they might not in term be using the terms. They may just be aware, here's somebody, and I'm not talking about in, within the church, I'm talking about within the world, within the community. All they might know is here's somebody who's showing an interest. Here's somebody who is real. Here's somebody who, who seems to care about me. And this is what God instructs us to be doing uh, in the broad place. Of course, last week we were uh, celebrating the graduation of Doulos. That's a, a concentrated form uh, of training, of discipling. And you would have heard uh, and saw that each one had someone who was particularly, I, I don't we call them trainers or mentors. It doesn't really matter what the name is, as long as the function is there. So very, very key. So, I'm kind of thinking, you're sitting there, you're listening to me, and I'm trying to project, uh, I wonder what obstacles you would be thinking of. I wonder what difficulties, I wonder what barriers you would be thinking of. Now, of course, I don't know all those, but I'm kind of going to just pick one or two of the normal ones. The normal ones would be like this. Well, I don't know that I've got anything to give. I don't know what I could impart to somebody. I don't know much about the Bible, or I don't have a lot of experience. Well... Isn't it easy to focus on what we don't have? Isn't it easy to focus on what we feel or what we think? But occasionally, it's a good idea to focus on what we know. And what do you know? You know, you know that your Redeemer lives. You know that God loved you. You know that you've been brought into the kingdom of God. I mean, you have knowledge 
I'm not saying everybody, but most of you have that knowledge. Let's just work. That's what you've got. And to be honest, nice to have all the other information and, and experience. But if you've got God's love in your heart, if you've met with God, you are equipped to be able to do this because you know God. You've had the experience of meeting me. That, that doesn't matter how articulate you are, how able you are, you can learn those things. Remember, it's the reality of experience communicates a lot better than just how clever we are at putting it across. Well, it's just too hard. Yeah, but the life of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, wow, now dwells in their mortal body? Hmm? Hmm? Where does he dwell? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Wow. Whew. To me, that makes you a force to be reckoned with. A, com- a-, a carrier of the love of God and the life of God right there. Well, I don't really know what to do. Oh, there's an easy answer to this one. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, Lord, what shall I do? Lord, what would you have me to do? Didn't we talk a little while ago about God's willingness to lead us, God's willingness to give us uh, divine connections, opportunities, God's willingness uh, to uh, quicken our heart, his heart within us? God's willingness to anybody who steps out and says, you know, I want to obey God. Lord, help me. Wow. Guarantee. Give you a written guarantee, God will answer that prayer. Yeah? Lord, help me. Show me uh, what to do. And let's come back to where we started. You do this, and surely I am with you Always. What a backup. Better than my dad. I, almighty God, creator of the universe, with us always, to the very end of the age. Okay. Here's the crunch. And then I'm finished. Move on to something else. Are you with me? You heard what I said? You heard what the Bible says? Here's the crunch. Will you? Will you? Hmm? Will you? Will you be a disciple? Will you make sure that you're coming alongside and receiving? But most especially, will you take up what he says? Be one who disciples, particularly in respect of people that are outside of the good news of the gospel. Will you take a moment? Let's bow our heads.
in prayer and take a moment just to answer that question. You may have excuses which I haven't touched on. I'm sure there's myriad. But uh, they don't stand too good in the light of God's command, his great commission. Will you? Search our hearts, Lord. Not interested. We recognize, Lord, never been interested in superficial things because man looks on the outside and you look on the heart. So we ask, Lord, at this time that you would search our hearts, that you would help us where we don't understand, Lord, to come into an understanding, where we want to but need some help, Lord, that we access how to. Lord, in coming days, as we look at this some more, we need to quicken our hearts to receive the equipping. But right now, Lord, we ask that you would yourself take hold of this, your commission again, and set it before us. And Lord, that you would grace us to answer in honesty. Will you, will you do what? He instructs. Amen.